0: so much to get to on today's episode it is early signing day and as of me recording this at 9 53 a.m central 20 players have signed on the dotted line and locked themselves into the 40 acres but yesterday we got some breaking news former five-star receiver former texas commit evan stewart has entered the transfer portal you are locked on longhorns your daily podcast on the texas longhorns part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Locked on Longhorns the show Jonathan Davis your host today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel make every moment more right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins so visit fanduel.com/lockedon Get started on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns. Evan Stewart, former five star receiver, former Texas commit, has entered the transfer portal. Should Steve Sarkeesian, Chris Jackson, and company go after the talented receiver and try to add him to the roster for 2024? Heading into the SEC, and then the early signing day updates as of 9.54 a.m. Central. 20 players have locked themselves in to the 40 acres. We got some good updates, we got some bad updates, and maybe some questionable updates. But I give you everything I got as of 9.54 a.m. Central. If anything happens after that, right, please don't come in the comments and say, well, he signed or he didn't sign or this happened. This is not a live show. I can only give you what I got, once again, as of 9.54 a.m. Central, right? So if you listen to this later in the day, chances are something changed, right? All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So... A lot of people that had the foresight that Evan Stewart would eventually enter the transfer portal were proven right yesterday when Evan Stewart entered the transfer portal. A lot of people looked at the situation and said he's too talented to be in Jimbo Fisher's offense with questionable quarterback play on a team that's not winning games. Right, And eventually he's going to move on. Of course, we have the famous now infamous clip of John Cook on the practice field saying he's going to eventually enter the portal and they're going to be teammates because he doesn't want to go to Texas A&M to just block. Right. And now that he's entered the transfer portal, like I said, that clip will forever live on in infamy. The question is should Texas go after the former Texas commit in Evan Stewart and try to add him to the 2024 roster heading into the SEC? And I'm on Twitter, as always. I'm on X on the Bird app. And I see fans on both sides of the equation Texas fans on both sides of the equation. Some fans think going after Evan Stewart is a no brainer. I'm probably closer to that side, but I do see you know, the argument of some other fans that say that, you know, it's best to pursue maybe other options for a variety of reasons, or if we're going to go after Evan Stewart, at least proceed with caution. Right. And I, like I said, can see arguments on both sides. So in this first segment, I'm going to attempt to appeal and make the argument for both sides, why Texas should pursue Evan Stewart and why Texas should pursue Evan Stewart, but maybe with caution. So the case to pursue Evan Stewart, and I have this written down exactly like this in my notes is, it's Evan Stewart, LOL, <laughs> right? He's one of the most talented receivers in the country. And I think at Texas, he could be one of the most productive receivers in the country under Steve Sarkeesian and catching passes from a mature and developed Quinn Ewers. He's currently ranked as the second overall player in the transfer portal with a grade of 98 out of 100 from 247 Sports, behind only his former teammate, Walter Nolan, who was currently projected to go to either Ole Miss or Oregon. He is ranked as the 90, he's ranked as a 99. Um, and the number one overall player in the class, Evan Stewart, right behind him, ranked as the number two overall player with a ninety eight grade from twenty four seven sports and I think the reason you have to go after Evan Stewart is because he has the makings of a true number one receiver, and I'm not sure if Texas has a bona fide number one wide receiver going into next season. A ton of talent in that room. I'm acknowledging that, but I'm not sure if we have a bona fide number one receiver if Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, and Jordan Whittington enter the NFL draft. When you look at Evan Stewart, he has it all. Speed, quickness, explosiveness after the catch, strong hands, smooth route runner, and the numbers tilt in his favor when the ball is in the air. Whether it's a contested catch going across the middle, a 50-50 ball in the air, whatever, similar to Adonai Mitchell when Evan Stewart is targeted regardless of the coverage, I just have the feeling that he's going to come down with the ball and that's what makes a number one wide receiver to me he doesn't have to be schemed open he doesn't have to be wide open to be effective regardless of the coverage when he's targeted evan stewart like i said similar to adenai mitchell I have the confidence that he's going to come down with the ball regardless of the coverage. He is a true number one. And like I said, I'm not sure if Texas has a true number one going into next season. And if they do, he hasn't proven himself up until this point. In two years at Texas A&M, Evan Stewart played in 18 games and totaled 91 catches for 1,163 yards and six touchdowns. If you're looking at Matthew Golden, Jonte Cook, DeAndre Moore, and Ryan Niblett, right now who would project as your top four receivers going into next season they have combined for 84 catches so less than evan stewart has amassed by himself One thousand one hundred twenty-four yards less than evan stewart has in two years by himself and 13 touchdowns so that's more than evan stewart has he only has six but all 13 of those touchdowns were from matthew golden at the university of houston right none of these players have scored a touchdown in a texas jersey so i think just because of that alone right you're 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 basing Your receiver room next year on a bunch of players who don't have really any production at the University of Texas and four players really have not matched the production that Evan Stewart has over the last two seasons at Texas A&M. And Evan Stewart really hasn't even fully tapped into his potential of what he can do on the football field in college football. Because in just 18 games, he's played with three different quarterbacks. I think Connor Wiegman is a um, really good young quarterback, but Max Johnson and Haynes King, to me, (laughs) leave something to be desired. He's played with those three different quarterbacks in 18 games, and he spent two years in Jimbo Fisher's offense. And we all know, right, that Steve Sarkeesian's offense is a lot better than Jimbo Fisher's, right? So, You know, If he were to come to the University of Texas, I think he could do things at the wide wide receiver position that we have not seen in a long time in the 40 acres. He's that talented. I think year three, Quinn Ewers, if he does come back, will be mature and developed. And we know Steve Sarkeesian knows how to maximize talent at that position, a la Devontae Smith winning the Heisman in 2017. And I think that Evan Stewart, before things went off the rails this year, was potentially on his way to a dominant season season at that position. His first two games this season with Connor Wiegman healthy, he had 19 catches for 257 yards, went over 100 yards in both of those games and two touchdowns, right? And then Connor Wiegman went down, Texas A&M started losing, Jimbo got fired, and it just went off the rails. If he were to come to Texas, his starting quarterback would be Quinn Ewers, assuming Quinn Ewers returns. His backup quarterback would be Arch Manning, one of the highest graded recruits of all time. So I don't think he would have any issue in terms of who he's catching passes from. And then once again, he would be in a system led by Steve Sarkeesian that maximizes receiver talents like Evan Stewart. So that's the argument to go after Evan Stewart. It's just as simple as he's one of the best receivers in the country. And you have question marks at that position going into next year. And even if you didn't have question marks at that position going into next year, I'm not sure that you can poo poo going after the number two overall player in the transfer portal out of the state of Texas. Now I'm going to make the argument not to pass on Evan Stewart, because I don't think that's realistic. And I don't think that, you can say that, you know, you want this Texas football team to compete at a high level and, um, you know, continue to compete for championships and not go after somebody like Evan Stewart. Right. But I do think there are reasons that are documented that. Should. Motivate, <laughs> I think to say, motivate this Texas staff to at least proceed with some caution. Right. Regarding the recruitment of Evan Stewart, the reason I say that is because there have been rumors about his commitment issues going back to high school, right? There were rumors this year about, you know, NIL and his commitment to the team. And, you know, those rumors have been a thing going back to high school. His senior year at Liberty in Frisco, he only played four games before foregoing the remainder of the season. And this was his quote regarding that. I will be foregoing the rest of my senior year And mentally and physically preparing myself for the next level of my football career in a huge step in life. Now, I'm not going to blame him for, you know, deciding that high school football was not worth his time and he was better off focusing on where he was going to go to college and, you know, eventually hopefully end up in the NFL. Right. Like, I don't think that that's a bad decision. But Liberty went 10-2 and that season. That was a good football team, right? So he obviously didn't leave the team because they weren't winning and he didn't want to get hurt, right? He left the team for other reasons. I don't know what those reasons are. I have to take his quote at face value, but it is a little weird to me, right, that a player left his team after four games in the middle of his senior season to focus on college when he was on a football team that was good enough to go 10-2 and in the Frisco area, right? So, So some people will point to that and say, you know, maybe he had commitment issues with Frisco Liberty. This year, he missed three games against ULM. That was the third game of the season. He came back after that, but then he missed the Ole Miss in Mississippi State game in back-to-back weeks, came back to play against Abilene Christian, only had one catch for eight yards, and then missed the LSU game. So essentially, the last four games of the season, he only played in one game and had one catch for eight yards, and then missed the game right after that, the biggest game of the season on the Aggie schedule against LSU. Maybe you can make the argument it's Alabama, but I think The Aggies have convinced themselves that LSU is a rival, right? Now, he cited injury. He said that he was hurt, right, that, you know, maybe he aggravated something in the Abilene Christian game, and that's why he could not play against LSU the next week. But there's a lot of people on the Texas A&M side that feel that there was a lot more to the story, that it wasn't simply just he got hurt again and didn't want to play against LSU. A lot of people cited his commitment to the team, NIL, and other reasons. And now with him being in the transfer portal, There may be some truth to what those people on the a m side feel so because of that perception and the talent that we have in our room even though it's unproven we still have some of the best talent in the country i think a lot of people say you know there's commitment issues he decided to pass on texas a couple of years ago we're at a different point now where we have a great culture and a great football team that's competing for national championships it just makes sense to look elsewhere or potentially move on or lean on what you have also We're fans, right? Fans are emotional. Fans are fanatic. I get that point as well. He decommitted from Texas and went to one of our biggest rivals in Texas A&M. So some fans have the mindset that if you didn't choose us in 2021, why would you choose us now? Now, I can't blame him for not having all the faith of the world in this program in November 2021. But I do get the argument that he passed on Texas, chose Texas A&M over Texas. Now Texas is up and Texas A&M is down. Hey, you know, you missed your opportunity to get on this train. So I think Texas should pursue Evan Stewart because he's one of the best players in the country, regardless of position. I think this staff will pursue Evan Stewart for that reason. But I certainly understand Texas fans based on what Texas has built over the course of the last two seasons, saying we should proceed with caution in that recruitment. A quick word from our sponsors, and then we get into the early signing day updates as of 10.04 a.m., Right, and the 20 players who have locked themselves in to the 40 acres long term. Today's episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any. Winning $5 Money Line Bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season. And remember, FanDuel is the official partner of the National Football League. All right, so I got 23 different players. I'm going to go through on this list and give you the update as of 10:05 a.m. in terms of early signing day. Ryan Wingo, the only five-star commit to the Texas Longhorns right now that is currently unsigned as of 10:05 a.m. If he signs at some point in the day, please do not come in the comments and let me know because I already know. Once again, this is pre-recorded. It's not a live show. I can't update it throughout the day. Um, the last update I saw before I started recording is Texas was expecting his NLI um, very early this morning. They had not received it. The last update I saw is that Ryan Wingo's dad said that Ryan Wingo is still asleep and the only Nil they have in NLI they have is from Texas, but there's been a lot of smoke that Missouri and Nebraska have made huge pushes, especially Missouri, in the last 24 hours in that recruitment. So as I, as I'm recording this, Ryan Wingo is still unsigned. Texas was expecting it earlier today. His dad says he's asleep. <laughs> I'm not sure how true that is or not, but there's still confidence on the Texas side that eventually Ryan Wingo will sign on the dotted line with the Texas Longhorns, Aaron Hampton. Um, if you followed this recruitment, he was committed to Texas, decommitted, committed to Alabama, decommitted from Alabama, committed to Texas again. And now it looks like he's headed to Alabama right on early signing day. So This has been a questionable recruitment, you know, even though he's been committed to Texas twice, most Texas fans felt like he eventually may end up at Alabama, and it looks like that to be the case. Dominic McKinley, current Texas A&M commit, he was not expected to sign today. There is some smoke that he may end up indeed signing today, but it may not be with Texas A&M. Texas and LSU have made strong pushes over the last 24 to 48 hours for the five-star interior defensive lineman out of of the state of Louisiana. And I think based on, you know, all of these players leaving Texas A&M, they don't look like they'll be super competitive next year. Um, And with a new staff and new defensive line coach, there is a chance that, like last year, Texas can swoop in and steal a five-star from Texas A&M and Dominic McKinley like they did with Anthony Hill. All right, now getting into the Texas players that have signed on the dotted line and you have nothing to worry about. Colin Simmons, the five-star edge out of Duncanville, two-time state championship and two-time state champion in football. Um, also a state champion in basketball. I didn't even know he was on the basketball team, but shout out to him. Um, He really has a chance to be one of the best defensive players um, in the country from day one. Certainly has a chance to start as a true freshman at the edge position. And I believe that just based on his pedigree and what he was able to do at Duncanville, he could be the best edge we've had at Texas since Joseph Osai and maybe one of the best edge rushers we've ever had in this program. He is super talented, five-star out of Duncanville. He is signed on the dotted line and headed to the 40 acres. Jarrett Gibson, the running back out of Florida, IMG, he is signed on the dotted line. And I just love his game, right? He's not super flashy. There's not a bunch of make you miss in his game, but he's just super productive and consistent. He gets downhill, right? He's the type of running back that's not going to break a bunch of 20 to 30 yard runs, but he's hitting you for four to six yards every time, right? And it adds up. You look up at the end of the game, you say, damn, he had 150 yards and two touchdowns, (laughs) Like, but it didn't didn't even look that impressive. He's just a model of consistency. He reminds me a lot of Josh Jacobs, and I say that, you know he's the type of player that you want to tackle in the first quarter. But with that offensive line and the way he can lean onto you, you know, over the course of a game, once you start to tackle him for the 16th and 17th time and, you know, on and on, you lose your motivation a little bit to get him to the ground. And so he just gets stronger as the game goes on. Like I said, a lot of, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs in his game, not really going to make you miss, but he's just super productive, super consistent and knows how to get downhill. Christian Clark, uh, I think he brings a little bit more versatility in terms of what he can bring at the running back position, but super talented as well. And I have all the faith in the world into Shara choice and what he's been able to do in terms of development and recruiting at that position that Christian Clark, who I think is underrated, right? He was ranked as, you know, there were like 270 players ranked higher than him. And when I watch the tape, I just don't see it, right? Not because he's a Texas commit, because I know football, right? (laughs) He looks like one of the best running backs in the country. So he certainly could be a steal and could be a very productive player at the University of Texas, even in a crowded running back room. Brandon Baker, um, I love this commitment. I love this signing. I love the fact that he's locked into the 40 acres out of modern day in California. Um, I think he has a chance to compete for the starting right tackle job next year. I know that, you know, Cam Williams has kind of been in the wing. Uh, waiting on his opportunity behind Christian Jones for the last two years. But, you know, similar to Kelvin Banks coming out as a borderline, you know, five star true freshman and stepping right into that role. I think Brandon Baker has the pedigree as a, you know, five star true freshman to step right in at right tackle and be an asset for this Texas football team. Or I think he's talented enough or has the pedigree to start and take over after Kelvin Banks leaves for the NFL draft. Or if he sits behind Cam Williams, you know, for one year, he's either your starting left tackle or starting right tackle of the future. And I think he's going to be very good whenever he steps into that role. I think we'll see dominant play for him on the offensive line, whether it's on the left side or the right side. So super excited that five star offensive tackle, the number one offensive tackle in the nation. Brandon Baker is headed to the 40 acres. He is locked in Trey Owens. Uh, the quarterback prospect in this class for Steve Sarkeesian in the same way that I trust running back recruiting with Tashara Choice I trust quarterback recruiting with Trey Owens he was a three-star according to most sites for the majority of the cycle I believe he just picked up a four-star a fourth star from on three and he deserves it you know he's a really good kid comes from a really good family and he's a really good football player you know six four has some movement skills and could throw the ball all over the field and he's really accurate right and took a huge step forward this year. Um, it was really good for, uh, can't remember where he went to high school at the moment. I'm drawing a blank, but whoever he played for, he was really good for him. Right. So Trey Owens, um, like I said, I trust Steve Sarkeesian in his recruitment. He's not ranked as highly as KJ Lacey was, or Quinn Ewers was, or Arch Manning. But if Sark sees something in Trey Owens, I see something in Trey Owens. And I think he can be a very good quarterback at the 40 acres. Parker Livingstone, similar with Trey Owens, a lifelong Texas fan, somebody that bleeds burnt orange and white, but I love his game as well. You know, six three, six four. Really big, talented receiver, but he also has track speed, right? And I think he ran like a 23 or you know 22, 23, something like that in the 200. So he has long speed and can make plays all over the field. I know a bunch of people have compared him to Jordan Shipley just because he's white. <laughs> his game does not compare to Jordan Shipley's at all. He is a big, talented, explosive, deep threat receiver that can make plays all over the field. And like I said, he just loves Texas. Right, grew up rooted for Texas, and now gets to fulfill his lifelong dream of being a Texas Longhorn. I expect him to make a lot of plays at the 40 Acres. Freddie Debose Jr. Uh, tore his ACL in high school, so really wasn't as productive the last two years in high school as you would expect him to be. But he's a taller receiver, you know, six one, six two, can play on the boundary, and he is very explosive after the catch. Very explosive with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, I think that you know if he can get hundred percent healthy um, and get acclimated in this system, he's a sneaky player in this class that not a lot of people are talking about. That absolutely can make a ton of plays with the ball in his hands. It can be very productive for the Texas Longhorns and Steve Sarkeesian's system. Xavier Filsami, one of the latest commits to the Texas Longhorns, flipped from the Florida Gators on Monday and now has signed on the dotted line for the Texas Longhorns five-star safety. I think the first five-star safety they've brought in since the 2018 class when they brought in Caden Stearns and those boys um, really has the potential you know, to be super athletic and be able to do everything that you would ask a safety to do at this level at the 40 acres. So, a uh, huge, you know, get from Blake Gideon and Steve Sarkeesian, not only flipping him from the Florida Gators on Monday, but getting him to sign on early signing day on the dotted line and stay in the state of Texas and play with the state on your chest and the family on your back. Huge pickup in Xavier Field zombie Quick word from our sponsors, and I'm going to get to the rest of the players who have signed on the dotted line and locked themselves in to the 48 acres. All right. This episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualification. Qualify candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am in the market looking for a new job. Y'all didn't need to know that. <laughs> just being personal. So I will head to LinkedIn jobs and look for one but if y'all know of any opportunities you know slide them to me on twitter or drop them in the comments right you know i'm not being serious but i'm kind of being serious let me know <laughs> all right continuing our early signing day update slash coverage as of 10 14 a.m a.m i know i'm you know beating that dead horse i gotta keep repeating that but somebody's gonna come in the comments and tell me i'm wrong or something i said at 10 15 a.m is no longer true i just know it right so i gotta keep saying that to try to persuade people not to think they're smarter than they are. Okay, here we go. Jordan Washington, four-star tight end out of the Houston area signed. Uh, To me, he just brings a different level of athleticism to the table than the two tight end commits we had prior to him in the 2023 class um, in Spencer Shannon and Will Randall. To me, Um, he may not be as athletic or, you know, have the ceiling that JT Sanders does, but he's the closest thing at the tight end position we've brought in to JT Sanders since we brought in JT Sanders. So I'm excited to see what he can do in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. One of our latest commitments, Kobe Black, former five-star, he's moved down to a four-star, but I still think he has five-star talent one of the best corners in the country, certainly one of the best corners in the state of Texas, big six, one, looks like he's 200 can play on the boundary guard, those bigger receivers. He also played a lot of wide receiver and running back in high school. So he's explosive. Um, and yeah, I think he's a future starting corner in the sec for the university of Texas. And I think he's a really good one. Wardell Mack, the other corner out of the state of Texas that they flipped from the university of Florida, All <laughs> right, Poor Billy Napier. I just saw that they're, Uh, number one overall player that's one of the best players in the country, might not sign today. So (laughs) really bad things going on at the University of Florida. But Wardell Mack, whether he's depth, whether he ends up being a starter, he's going to be a really good player for the 40 Acres and the Texas Longhorns. Shout out to Terry Joseph for what he's done at that position. Nate Kibble comes from Addis... Addis Atta I think I said that right. I don't know, which has a huge pedigree of putting offensive linemen in the league or putting out really good offensive linemen. Recently, Kenyon Green from Texas A&M playing for the Texans, went to Atta Of course, Texas Longhorn fans know Sam Cosby came from that high school as well. So they have really good pedigree in terms of producing offensive linemen as of late. And Nate Kibble could be that next offensive lineman out of that high school to play at a high level in college and eventually make it to the NFL. Love the pedigree, love the signing of that big human in Nate Kibble. On the offensive line melvin hills um nino from nino's corner sports did an interview with him recently uh, not sure if it'll be published or he just had the opportunity to talk to him but he was raving about how good of a kid he is and just how special of a person he is and how you know much faith he has that melvin hills even though he's rated as a three-star will be a very productive player and very um yeah i should just say very productive player and an asset for this texas football team for years to come so um I'm going to trust Nino, you know, Melvin Hills out of the state of Louisiana. Obviously, Bo Davis, you know, we trust him in terms of his recruiting and development on the defensive line. We saw what he did this year with Tavandre Sweat and Byron Murphy. He put a lot of extra money in their pockets. And so if he's looking at Melvin Hills as one of the best players, you know, at that position in the country and somebody who will be an asset for this Texas Longhorns football team and Nino who has spoken with them can ask, you know, attest to his character, then I have all the faith in the world that Melvin Hills will be a productive player on the defensive line for the Texas Longhorns. Michael Kern, the kicker. It's signed. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I know anything about Michael Kern, but he has big shoes to fill, obviously. Justin Tucker is in the argument for best kicker of all time Cameron Dicker we know what he did to beat Oklahoma he's doing his thing on one of the worst franchises in the NFL and the San Diego Chargers right now or LA Chargers hopefully he can move on and get some stability and then of course Burt Auburn is my favorite player on the team right now and he just broke the record this year for most kicks by a Texas kicker in a season so Michael Kern has big shoes to fill I absolutely love Burt Auburn he's my favorite player on the team and you know Michael Kern, you know, (laughs) as long as you can make kicks, he might end up being my favorite player on the team moving forward. Happy he signed with the Longhorns. Happy he's the future of the kicker position. Daniel Cruz, interior offensive line. This is a huge need. You know, the future of the interior offensive line position is still good right now. But Hayden Connor, Jake Majors. Um... Cole Hudson and DJ Campbell are all upperclassmen at this point. So you would expect them within the next one to two years to all move on. And then who is going to be the next wave of players at the interior offensive line position? That's a question mark right now. Daniel Cruz certainly slots into one of those positions in my mind in terms of who will be the future guard, center, or guard for the Texas Longhorns, and I think he could play all three of those positions at a high level, so happy to see Daniel Cruz signed on the dotted line and locked into the 40. DeAndre Robinson, uh, one of the most underrated players in the country, was ranked as a three-star for most of the cycle with over 60 offers out of the state of Florida, interior defensive line. I think he eventually picked up that four-star and for good reason. Once again, we trust Bo Davis with the recruitment and the development. We have seen both of those with our own eyes and with question marks at that position going into next year vernon broughton uh sadir mitchell and trill carter those are good players but you're not expecting the same production from tavondre sweat and byron murphy that you got this year from those players heading into next year maybe DeAndre robinson can step in as a true freshman and be you know an asset player in that rotation with his talent level so love that get and love that signing out of the state of florida for bo davis and the texas longhorns santana wilson son of former uh Arizona Cardinals safety Adrian Wilson who I believe was all pro definitely pro bowl uh, one of the best safeties I was watching you know growing up and now you know covering his son going to the University of Texas so I'm getting old you know a little bit older than I think I am uh, but love this signing you know a lot of depth a lot of talent at that corner position and I think we'll be good at that position for a long time based on the recruitment and development we've seen Jordan Johnson Bell, starting safety for IMG on a defense that was just god-tiered you know it was amazing um out of the state of texas love the depth and once again love the talent that we have in the db room at the safety and corner positions alex january two-time state champion playing next to Colin simmons at duncanville and the interior defensive line gives us a lot of talent and a lot of depth at that position and then zena i'm not gonna say his last name but little brother of Nito, y'all know on the interior offensive line Four-star defensive lineman. I love the depth, love the talent that we're bringing in at the edge position. Obviously, not of them, all of them are going to get to play. Not all of them are going to hit in terms of you know their recruiting ranking and what you think their talent level is. But you can never have enough depth at that position. It's a premium position. And most teams don't even have, you know, one or two edge rushers they can rely on. I think Texas has six to seven talented edge rushers that can play at a high level for the Texas Longhorns. And then you have players with superstar potential at that position in Colin Simmons and potentially Trey Moore if he commits to the Texas Longhorns from UTSA out of the portal. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Those are the early signing day updates I had as of 1021 a.m. Central. Starting tomorrow and moving forward, we are getting close to the Washington game and probably will focus solely, or mostly, I should say, on Sugar Bowl coverage heading into next week's matchup against the Washington Huskies. Peace. Hook them. And peace.